Welcome back to Forward Progress, your source for NFL betting, powered by the Hammer Betting Network and Pinnacle Sportsbook. If you missed our first divisional preview, we've already previewed the AFC South. Today we're on to the NFC South. I'm happy football is right around the corner, as I imagine a lot of you out there are as well. And as a reminder, we're going to be quoting prices from Pinnacle Sportsbook today, the world's sharpest sportsbook and available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what pro bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. You must be 19 plus, not available in the US. And of course, as always, please play responsibly. Same cast as our first video, Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, Suma live from Germany, professional sports better, and Jeff Feinberg from the Mayo Media Network as well. And guys, not as drastic as the AFC South, where Jacksonville was a prohibitive favorite at minus 172 in the division. In this division, we have the Saints plus 134 to win, and then a gap to the rest of the team. So not as large of a gap, but overall, it seems that bringing in Derek Carr has really excited people. The schedule for the Saints looks to be pretty easy on paper. Do we think that the Saints are deserving front runners here? Eric, I'll start with you. I think they're right to be the team with the best odds. I don't know. I don't think market prices are necessarily uh, worth betting for them. You know, Carr is you know Carr Carr is a is a quarterback who's played in the NFL before, and we have a track record on him and like that he's he's you know had a couple 10 win seasons in the nfl uh they have you know some pretty good pieces in olave and obviously camara offensive lines pretty good defense dennis allen was doing i think pretty good work last year so there's a lot to like i, I just think putting you know put putting your hard-earned cash on Derek carr to win a division and host a playoff game uh is not something i'll ever do suma you agree uh, yes, uh, I also agree. I think they should be the favorites to win the division, but I think that the gap between them and the Falcons is a little bit too steep. If you could guarantee me that Desmond Ritter is like somehow close to Derek Carr, the Falcons would be my my favorites um, to, to win the division. Um, I like the offense a, a lot better for Atlanta, and I also think that the Saints have, have some downgrades on defense. Um, they lost uh, two or three uh, starters along their defensive line. Cameron Jordan, I think he's entering his age 35 season, and he was also not that good anymore last year. Demiro Davis is 34 or 35 years old, and the secondary needs uh, Marshall Lattimore um, to play back to his former level to be relevant, in my opinion. So I like their safety tandem, but I think the combination of a quarterback um without the greatest supporting cast and a defense that might be in for a few collapses every now and then it's not the greatest reset for success and if desmond Witter is like a okay quarterback uh, behind a strong one game um i really think that the falcons could easily close the, the gap to the saints so suma and eric and i'll throw myself into the mix seem to be more on the pessimistic side when it comes to the Saints this year, uh, Jeff, you're you're the fourth here. What what are your thoughts on New Orleans heading into the season? Oh, they let me down so much last year, Rob, and they had so <laughs> many chances to get back in it, and it's all just you try to block it out. But in getting ready for this and content, you remember that that shit show in Tampa that Dennis Allen gave us. I am excited for Michael Thomas to be back. It has been a while, but it was so dynamic to see you know them go empty with him and Kamara. 
out on the same side uh defensively suma brought it up that it's there it's a, such a quality defense but and they overcame a lot last year but everyone's a year older and dennis allen's ability to rely on man-to-man coverage which would allow like demario davis to fly all over the place and and be outstanding I don't know. I don't, Lattimore, you don't know that you can trust him him to play anymore. And a lot of the things that they live and die by, they might be dying by this year. And I'm not giving them my money. Yeah, I, I think similarly to the to the Jags, which we talked about in the AFC South preview. I think a lot of of what we're going to see out of the Saints this year is, in my opinion, a below average team benefiting from a cupcake schedule. I guess if I wanted to compare it to a team from last year, it's kind of like the Giants, which we saw for a lot of last season where they sort of played this cupcake schedule. They finally played a real team in the playoffs in the Eagles, and they got absolutely annihilated. But for people that don't know, New Orleans starts off at home to Tennessee, at Carolina, at Green Bay, home to Tampa. Then they get New England, Houston, Jacksonville, Indy, Chicago. There's a lot of wins in there, in my opinion, in some scenario, which makes it tough to look at anything you know fading New Orleans this year but personally I think a lot of other teams in the division or at least Carolina and Atlanta um, what I'm seeing in the community whether it's the sharp betting community anyone who's kind of covering the league someone is making a case for one of these two teams to either win the division, potentially be a sleeper, maybe even go further in the playoffs. I know I like one of those teams personally. Eric, I'll, I'll start with you. Atlanta, Carolina, and honestly, even Tampa, if, if if you feel like they're possibly in the mix. One of those teams, do they excite you heading into the year? Yeah, I, I mean, the Falcons do have the easiest schedule in the NFL per my numbers, just slightly easier than New Orleans. Uh, you know, they, they kind of, they kind of want to have the Eagles experience where they they're you know on the good offensive line you know my boss Thomas Dimitrov like drafted all those O linemen they were terrible for him and now they're good for the you know Terry Fonda which is kind of funny and so like they're running the football but to me the Ritter thing is a little bit weird so I you know the fact that they've really other than bringing in Heineke have not done much to sort of curb any of that it is why I'm going to go to Carolina and. You know, Carolina, when you look at Frank Reich, last season was really an aberration for him in terms of when you looked at fourth down decisions, timeouts, two-point conversions, like all of that. He seemed to have gotten spooked by by Jim Ursay and things like that when he was, you know, coaching for them. He's very awake to some of those things. Now they they they've gotten better and better on the offensive line, which has always been kind of a problem for them. They go get Hayden Hurst, they go get Adam Thielen, which I mean, probably a, a tertiary target at this point. Uh, and then, you know, Chark is a, is a good player. And then on defense, they have the ingredients, I think, to be pretty good, starting with Brian Burns. And so I kind of like Carolina here just because you have the upside of the rookie quarterback. Uh, and you also, when you, when a team trades up like they did, giving up like more than $190 million of assets for a quarterback, it, there's not going to be that like bottoming out of motivation for them because there isn't really anything for to play for next year. Like they're playing for this year. And to me, that adds just a little bit of a motivational factor that can keep, you know, that that's kind of how, you know, why I bought into Jacksonville and Detroit last year for very similar reasons. After you have those top picks for so long, there's really, you're all getting fired if you bottom out. And that that's not true about Carolina, but Carolina also doesn't have the top end picks next year to do anything but compete for a playoff spot this year. 
Jeff, looking at the division in terms of the odds um, heading into the year, I mentioned the Saints are favored. Atlanta is plus 221 to win the division. Carolina plus 338. Tampa plus 634. Of these teams, are there any that you think can challenge the Saints? Is there any of these teams that you that you are personally optimistic about this year? Yeah, I'm going to, and I know there's so many cases for Atlanta, and I'm sure they'll be made here again in a moment. But for me, it is it is Carolina. I love that defense. Getting J.C. Horn back, getting uh, getting uh, uh, Chin back, I, I think makes a huge, a huge effort. Uh, sorry, J- yeah, Jeremy Chin back. I, I lost him on the depth chart there for a moment. I think makes a huge difference. And at first, I was spooked by those moves they made in the offseason, those veterans. Mentioned Thielen, Chark, Sanders, but hey, they're desperate to not be handing over a draft pick of of that value, um, sort of back back to to the trade last year. And I like Carolina here. Bryce Young, Frank Wright, that would be my team of choice out of between them and Atlanta. So Suma, we have two Panthers optimists. Would you put yourself in that camp as well? I'm not that optimistic because I. Uh... I think that Bryce Young, um, the offensive line, I have them around average. I have them with a pretty bad receiving group. So I, I kind of need to see it, uh, but but I'm pretty high on that coaching staff. I mean, Frank Reich. And what I like most about the Pandas is that they got Ejero Evero from the Broncos. I think what Evero did last year with the Broncos defense was probably be the most prolific coaching job in in my book because the broncos had so many injuries also on defense um Randy gregory was basically a non-factor all season they lost bradley chubb after week seven or, or week eight with the trade to, to to the dolphins so many injuries and the broncos defense they finished seventh in past dvoa which was pretty remarkable in my opinion he did some uh, so much stuff up front with his front sevens simulated pressures all these um, stuff that confuses opposing quarterbacks, lots of disguises with his coverage. And it really made it hard on opposing quarterback to basically execute their their passing attacks. And I think when you look at that Panthers defense, they have a decent defensive line. They have a decent linebacking group. They have JC Horn. They have a decent safety duo. So I really don't think that this Panthers defense from a personal perspective is worse than what he had with the Broncos last year. And I think on that side of the ball, the Panthers should be should be pretty good overall. All right, so I'm going to stick with you really quickly here because we have not talked about the Bucks at all. And it seems like nobody's talk, talking about the Bucks at all. And that could be for very good reason. They have the second lowest regular season win total in the entire league at Pinnacle heading into this year. Do you give them any chance of potentially competing here? Like this is the NFL. There's a wide range of outcomes for a lot of teams. We see crazy things happen. I think that there's definitely a bust case for every other team in the division. Do you think the Bucks could potentially compete or do you think that this is just like a foregone conclusion that they're going to be horrible this year? I just don't see it. Um, the combination of Baker Mayfield a worse offensive line. Mike Evans entering his um, age 30 season. They have literally no one at tight end. Um, their defense under Todd Bowles was on the decline. I don't like Todd Bowles when it comes to in-game coaching decisions at all. Don't know what we um, have to think about. Canales, the the new OC. I just don't see it happening with them. I, I think that too many things 
uh, need to go right for them. Like their defense needs to play extraordinarily good. Baker Mayfield suddenly needs to play much better than he did over the course of his career. The new scheme has to work. Todd Bowles has to take a step forward when it comes to his run first philosophy. I just don't see it. Eric, I saw you nodding your head a lot there. For for me, like like the optimistic case for the Bucks is that typically speak like they didn't they didn't go full rebuild yet. Like they haven't opted for like the complete and utter let's tear it down, everybody's gone type of situation. And on top of that, I mean, there's one of these teams that I'm a little bit optimistic about. I'll talk about that when we we're giving out bets. But New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, there's a legitimate case to be made that all of those teams could be like bottom 12 in the league. I mean, I, I know the Bucks are bad on paper, but we see this kind of stuff year in and year out in the NFL. And I still think that there's like enough talent there that they're not, they shouldn't be considered a dead team going into the year. Yeah, I think the only issue is that they had a great offseason, in my opinion, towards the rebuild. Like when you look at, so they did a great job of saying, look, Brady's retiring. Mm -hmm. It's the party's over. Let's move on. But the thing is, is Brady, Brady's 35 million dead against the cap this year. That's not even half of what their dead cap charge is. They have 75 million dead against the cap. So you're talking about a team that from a payroll standpoint is working with like a one, two thirds of what a regular team is working with, which to me is just tricky. But I, I, it's 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 interesting because I think Jason Light and company did a good job this offseason. They, they got Jamel Dean at a good price. They brought back David. Um, offensive lines tricky. Donovan Smith is seven and a half million of that dead money. Um, you know, not coming back. Um, it, to me, it's just it's just it's 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 that penultimate year until a real re re rebuild. And I just don't know if, like I said, this about Carolina. I think it's a completely opposite. Like it would make a ton of sense if they tanked and and. Add to that the fact that Mayfield, I know completion percentage over expected is not a great stat, except for at the extremes. He was 7% below expectation last year per pass, which to me is just like we, he just, we lost him. I mean, he's almost a perfect tank quarterback in that he's going to be able to like give the essay in the huddle, hand the ball off, but he's not going to be good enough to, to actually execute the offense. Jeff, I'm going to lead it off with you here in terms of uh, regular season win totals for the year. So Atlanta's priced at at eight and a half flat. Carolina, seven and a half, juice to the over, minus 120. We have New Orleans at nine and a half, juice to the under, minus 120. And we have the Tampa Bay Bucks, six and a half, under, minus 137. If forced to place a bet on a regular season win total within the division this year, what are you betting and why? It would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am shocked that they're going into the season with like both Godwin and Evans, how some of these guys didn't get traded. I see this team being a team everyone's going to be calling for defensive help near the extended trade deadline. Uh, Obviously, they don't see it how I see it. But as Eric mentioned, the year out of Brady, you just want a Super Bowl? This should be like a perfect tank scenario, if not for how bad the division is. They'll win a few couple by default, but it's still they're not they're not going to be a seven and ten team. It's hard to envision that it really is. Now, like when put into perspective on regular season win totals, uh, it is tough to see the Bucks getting to seven wins. Suma, uh, what do you like in the division here? 
I also wanted to take the the, the, the bucks under, but uh, to have uh, some diversity here, um, going with the Panthers under seven and a half uh, plus one or one. Um, I think that Eric will probably make a good case for why that is not a good bet, but. Despite everything that I like about the Panthers also being set up for success long-term, I still think that they have a long way to go with a rookie quarterback and a very, very poor receiving group. And I think that the, the Falcons and Saints are still set up for success kind of better um, than the Panthers. Eric, you want to respond there? Yeah, I, I, I will just take the others. I'll take Panthers at, over at, at, at minus 120. I, I feel like, you know, this is – I still think the Falcons overs plus EV even after all the steam that we've seen over the past few uh, weeks or so. But I, I just think, you know, Frank Reich, there's there's just a lot there. Um, they're also a team that has, you know, bought in. Like, for example, they brought over the Colts in-game decision-making. Co- like, they just – they're kind of – and their entire coaching staff is like a who's who of – really good available guys, Adrian Wilson. And there was also a Giro Everode uh, to Suma's point. Like, I, I just think that they have their shit together better than any of these teams in the whole, in the whole division. And even if the talent differential is a little bit like they, they don't have as much talent. If you take the snapshot right now, them or new Orleans, but I think as the season progresses, enough things could go wrong with all the stuff that Jeff talked about with new Orleans age and their quarterback that we might come up for air and it's going to be the Falcons and the Panthers competing with each other for this division. And you're getting an extra win uh, towards you in Carolina. So that's what I'm taking. All right. Uh, I'm going to cheat here because I'm the host and I can do that. Uh, I actually don't love anything within the division. If I had to do anything, it would be Falcons over even after the steam, but rather than doing Falcons over, I think the Falcons are a massive wide range team because it's very dependent on Desmond Ritter. And if Desmond Ritter is good, I think this offense is absolutely electric this year to the point where they're very live, not just in the division, but the NFC as a whole. So I'm taking Atlanta Falcons plus 26-27, just over 26-1 to win the NFC. And now listen, the defense, I have my concerns especially with their ability to generate a pass rush. But the NFC is not scary at all. Like Atlanta could easily win the division, get into the playoffs where they avoid a path of facing the Eagles in some capacity. And then like, I'm not high on the Niners. I'm not super high on the Cowboys. I think the NFC North, which we'll talk about in a future episode, could be up for grabs as well. Like, I think Atlanta has the potential to have an elite offense if Desmond Ritter is good. And maybe he's not going to be, but this is not a bet where you're going to go put 100% of your bankroll on it. You're going to fire a dart, and I think it's a plus EV play. So I'm taking Atlanta, NFC winner, 26 to 1. I saw some eyeballs there, especially from you, Jeff, which I did not appreciate. Well, a couple things. That's just like I wasn't prepared for that. But they brought in Campbell and Grady Jarrett, so they knew they had to put pressure on quarterbacks and they had money to spend, and that's where they spent it. And they brought in Akuda opposite Terrell. And if we're in a year and a half from now and people are saying that's the best young corner duo in football, potentially, I don't think we're shocked. Um, so the piece are there, Arthur Smith is an excellent play caller. 
longest just, tenured coach in the division as well. Three years. I, yeah, just like I was my my yeah, that was just above and beyond where I thought we were going. Not to say I had any NFC champion picks in my pocket here either. Well, like the Falcons could finish three and 14 this year, and it's not going to surprise me. But I just think if I'm identifying teams that have upside, like there's certain teams that are going to go into the year and I'm like, they're not, they they can't, they just, they cannot. Like their upside is maybe nine wins or 10 wins, but Atlanta could with the weapons they have on offense, Pitts, London, Bijan Robinson, like that could be a very potent offense. Tyler Algier rushed for a thousand yards as a rookie last year. Like he's their second running back. I think that the big thing, and they have a good offensive line. I mean, their offensive line is, is ranking, you know, they're their first team all pros now after struggling for all those years. And they got that money. I, I, you know, the Ritter case, there's a lot of really smart football analysts that like Desmond Ritter. It didn't, it didn't show last year and he, he waited until round three, but there are, there are, there is a chance. I mean, Arthur Smith, Coach Ryan Tannehill to first in the NFL in yards per pass attempt three or four years ago and had yeah. that team in 2020, like, it was it 2021? In 2020, their offense was even, in some cases, even better. Like, he's engineered good offense before from quarterbacks who we aren't exactly calling great in Tannehill. So there is a chance there. And I, I think a lot of people are making the connection between them and the Eagles in terms of, like, mentality and being run you know, not run first but like that kind of there is a connection there and they have made play, jesse bates is a good addition Anyamata is a good addition like they've they've done some things on the on you know corners you know with terrell they have a chance to be okay but i think defensively they're not quite as bad as as, as public reception either suma any thoughts on falcons complete dart long shot bet I don't have it at all. I, I remember our episode on the free agency market uh, where we thought there's a chance that Lamar Jackson would join the Falcons, which would be absolutely bananas right now. Yeah, um, Falcons, I think they legitimately have a top five offensive line. A great tight end, could run a lot of 12 and 22 personnel with John o. Smith and mm-hmm. uh, two running backs like uh, B. John Robinson, uh, C-Pad um, going out into the, into the flat or something. And um, I think there's a path with that kind of schedule where they could have a dominant running game. And Arthur Smith, again, calls like uh, 47% play action. And Desmond Ritter just has to execute the offense and hit uh, an open Drake London or um, Kyle Pitts um, rank free over the field. And they have the running game to also control game scripts and close out games. So um, there's a lot about um, that team and uh, their, their schedule is also fairly easy. All right, we'll end on that. This has been the NFC South division preview right here on Forward Progress. If you're not subscribed to the Forward Progress channel, hit subscribe right now, set notifications. You'll get alerted in the future whenever we put out more content and it's gonna come in hot and heavy this summer. We have a ton planned outside of the divisional previews and into the NFL season this year. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you have notifications on. And of course, we do value your feedback. Let us know in the comments below what you think is going to happen in the NFC South this year. We'll catch you next time here on Forward Progress.